we are Kickstocks Football Weekly Podcast. Coming back to you, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a, a while, long man. old while. But Vic, pleasure to see you again. How, are, how have you been, James? I've been good. I've been good. It feels like um, we've taken a long old sabbatical. You know, like we've been yeah. uh, players. We've gone on our uh, end of season holidays. You're fresh back from Portugal, Spain. Yes, exactly. You're a classic, classic player out of season. You've come back with a tan and a, and a full belly and a, a solid liver. From drinking exactly. for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon you'd uh, pass any of the fitness tests if you were to come back? At the well, I mean, you know, if you start, if you do your summer workouts like I do, then, then that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> what do you consider a workout? A couple rounds of golf, Betty. Couple rounds of golf, you know, with Gareth Bale a little bit. Yeah, uh, doing some some laps around the pool. That's it. Sit ups on the beach. Sit ups on the beach. Exactly. Yeah, get, get those abs going whilst. Uh, uh, that's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> and I'm back, fitter than ever. That's good. Well, I'm glad you're back fitter than ever. And I'm also raring to go because it has been a long old while since we've done a podcast. Yes. But it seems appropriate time because the big fat elephant in the room. You know, football these days, it never dies down for too long because the season is over. We're not going to talk about the Champions League final. Don't worry, we're going to skip right yes. past that. We or the Europa League final. But uh, it's the Euros right around the corner. Euros Three 2020 days, slash 21. Uh, I'm excited to have a tournament. Like, I'm, I'm truly excited. I am too. To uh, to see these nations battle it out to see who can win the yeah win this tournament. It's a bit of a weird one though, isn't it? Because normally before every major football tournament, I feel like it's a very carnivalesque atmosphere in town. You see colours, you see people lining the streets, fans abroad. This one was supposed to be huge because obviously they're doing it all across Europe. Of Amsterdam being one of the host cities as well, yeah. where we're recording this pod. Everything with COVID sort of thrown a spanner in the works there a bit. I just feel like the build-up has been less dramatic to this one ah. as it has in previous years. Do you get that as well? Yeah, you don't see these little toys in the supermarket, these orange toys here in Holland anymore. The little, what were they called? Whoopies. The whoopies, whoopies. from the uppie. Yeah, yeah. you don't mm-hmm. see those anymore. No, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, it's a lot quieter. In Holland, you say you have orange fever. Orange fever. Whenever there's a tournament coming up, you know, people get riled up. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe it's also in Holland, they kind of forgot how it's done because the past two two tournaments, they haven't been there, of course. So. What's, what's your classic uh, tournament build-up? You know, when Holland, you know, when, when the World Cup or European Cup is about to come on, how are you getting yourself prepared for it? Well, what are I you doing mean, to rile yourself up? I, uh, you know, I get the flags, I get the orange, uh, orange little tompuses, which are uh, Dutch, uh, Dutch desserts. You get the face paint out. I get the face paint out, and preferably, I even go to the stadium. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> are you? Uh, would you classify yourself as a full kit wanker on match days? One hundred percent. I've rocked in the past in no specific order. I've rocked a helicopter cap, an orange, Dutch, uh, red, uh, white, and blue. I've rocked a lion's head. Um, I've rocked, uh, yeah, anything, you name it. Clogs on my feet. I can see you pulling off all those looks as well. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's where I shine, James. That's Mm. where I shine. Of all the fans, who do you reckon has got the best sort of fan culture like who who are the best fans abroad yeah. well I mean not just because I'm Dutch but I think Holland's up there I think Holland's up I there I think Holland have got good support they're very dedicated also in their in their appearance you mm. know and, and, and dressing orange is automatically quite uh, quite out quite there yeah. I mean you gotta you gotta look at the English you gotta look at the Scottish do you really love the Brits when they come abroad though do you really I feel I, like the, everyone hates the English when they're abroad everyone's no. looking for a fight everyone's looking to rile them up I love it. I love it. I love the English slang. I love the songs that are that, that will come out. Good. Yeah. Except for it's coming home, you know, because obviously it's not. But uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get into that later. Well, we'll get into that later. I've got a cheeky little suspicion, you know, that you this never know. Year could be an interesting year. But you predicted it already, no? Uh, a month. Ago. I've said no such thing. Mm. Actually, I did. Yeah, yeah. It's on record. For the it's pod. on record. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think England are looking looking saucy for this one. I really do. 
Um, just just back on the fans, I think for me, one of my favourites are the Irish. I think the Irish are great yeah. abroad. Not only the colours, but also they are like the Brits in the sense that they love a drink and they love a good time, but minus the fighting. Yeah. Minus, minus the throwing chairs. Just the extra good time. Yeah, just the extra good time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't mind if they lose, they'll support no matter what. No. Uh, faithful Irish. The faithful Irish, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, true. But they never carried any luck with the Irish, sadly. They've nope. gone on to do absolutely effort. Do you think they're going to do well this season? Uh, it's just uh, taking a break, you know, for next season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Keep the good man on the bench. Then, bam, Bob's your uncle, Mary's your auntie. As much about the tournament, you know, it's about the football. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of things going on around the Euros. Yeah. Uh, in particular, I want to talk about, I mean, this one was supposed to be a special one. It was 60th anniversary, you know, there was lots of marketing that's gone into this. And obviously the branding of the tournament is huge. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I want to get your sort of thoughts and opinions on, on how uh, UEFA, I suppose, have done this year. Because I think... As excited as I am for it, I feel like a lot of the, the branding around it's been a little bit weird, a bit off, you know, uh, and, and I don't think they've quite nailed it, to be honest. Um, let's start with the logo. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, supposedly it was designed to be a symbol, you know, strong enough to link all the cities and citizens of Europe. There's this whole sort of messaging going on about, uh, you know, the, the football bridge uniting all countries together. I mean, I think it looks like just a family of jelly babies dancing around a trophy. Um, I don't know. It's like, you know that wacky inflatable, what's it called? Wacky inflatable arm flating tube man? Tube man, yeah. From, mm-hmm. from Family Guy? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just a load of those kind of dancing around a big sort of... Yeah, they're like skinny Teletubbies that are, they are. surrounding this. It's 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 all like, I don't know, all, all the branding has sort of looked very kind of cartoony and just a bit weird. I feel like it's all sort of branded around Gen Zers, you know, as if football yeah. never started before, you know, 2010s. I mean, obviously, you need to capture the young audience, but you know, you got to give something to the older guys as well. You know, what you do? Classic, a bit more. I mean, I just want, I just want. I mean, why can't we just have like, you know, an old geezer holding a pint as (laughs) as the symbol? Classic English. Yeah, arm in arm, old geezer holding a pint and bridging that divide, handing over a pint to another old geezer (laughs) drinking a shandy or something. Or a cider, <laughs> I mean, like bridging the divide between cider and beer drinkers. Next, next Euros, man, you gotta you gotta enter the competition, the logo drawing competition. I, I mean, think just you need to make some serious uh, I mean, chance. Read, read the room, mate. Read the room. That's what it's all about. I, I agree. Mean, when you talk about that as well, the official song. I mean, oh, man. how proud are you as a Dutchman? <laughs> That's Martin Garrix is involved <laughs> to have the official ah. Euro 2020 song. I uh, mean, to it's, be made it's, by 23 year old Dutch DJ and producer sensation DJ Martin <laughs> Garrix. <laughs> You must be very proud. I'm super proud. I mean, it's a a great song. (laughs) Are you into house music? You can. uh, Are you caught raving on the weekends? You can tell. You can tell the authenticity in my in my voice. I'm sure. Sarcasm. No, I. I mean, it's like normally there's there's one or two elements of of the branding which I don't like, such as you know the logo or the song, but it's just all of it at this at, at this one that I. It doesn't appeal it's to me. It's kind of shocking. I'm not gonna it's lie. terrible. I mean, I think of iconic football songs. Africa. Uh, Africa. Yeah, Waka Waka. It, it also, I mean, stuff like you think of Champions League doesn't get much more iconic than that. It's yeah. epic. You know, I guess you riled up for the games. And also even 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 the Brazil World Cup actually had, had some good South American sort of fire to yeah. it. I mean, this for me is just like something straight out of spring break from Cabo do you or think, Cancun. Yeah. Do you think with it's... With a, a rather sad and tired looking Bono as well. <laughs> <laughs> shouting down the mic with Martin Garrix's hand over his shoulder. Oh, probably doesn't know who this geezer is. No, he's like, who's this guy in the background? Who's uh, the sound guy? Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, do you think it's because of the fact that they don't really have an identity? Because 
it's not in one country? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they say that, that you know, that that's their whole identity. It's multiple countries. We're all one. We're Europe yeah. kind of thing. But that just doesn't work. No, you need to have one identity which you can attach to and, and, and build your branding around it. I think it's it's just not, not they, it. They try to be too hip, aren't they? They try yeah. to be too, like, social media too savvy. Global. Yeah. Global citizens of the world. Global citizens of the world. That's why they got Bono in it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Because, you know, they know that Bono is the kind of guy who's just... But if you want to... Unite the citizens of the world and have a harmonious message coming from the mic. You get Bono. <laughs> you get Bono. You get Bono. And you get Martin Garrix. <laughs> and you get Martin Garrix. I swear, like, All even the, the, the Gen Z probably don't even know Bono is, you know? No, absolutely know. not. So maybe it's a, no. it's a mix between... They're probably like, wow, how nice of Martin Garrix to get this random guy Bono on. Who's this old... Who's this Dude, old Martin guy? Garrix is making him famous. <laughs> what a man. What a man. What a man. I mean, what about the match ball? Let's talk about the match ball. So, look, Adidas, they've made the official match ball for the tournament. Possibly one of the most horribly named footballs to have ever been conceived. Now, look, I'm thinking Jubilani, South Africa, oh, 2010. I'm thinking the Brazuka, Brazil, 2014. I'm thinking Tango 12, 2012 in Euros in Ukraine. Le Fracas in France. <laughs> this one's called Uniforia. Yeah, it's... And it's named... Apparently, it's named after both the Unity... And the euphoria that the competition can bring. It's trying too hard, James. It's trying too hard. Uniforia. Ah, it's uh, just say that. Uniforia. 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 I mean, for me, it sounds like a crap student night. Uniforia. Yeah. Like on a Tuesday night. You know? <laughs> so, uniforia. Come to Uniforia. Let's two, get up for Uniforia. Or two pound beers. Exactly. <laughs> it's literally like ten for ten Jaeger bombs. Uniforia. uniforia. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three Smirnoff Ice for the price of one. Hashtag Uniforia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that's, it's what the ball looks like. It just sounds like a sh- nightclub in Leeds. Yeah, it's... it's Uniforia, Saturday nights. <laughs> Bring your birds. Bring your birds. No coats allowed. Uh, nah, I mean, it's... I don't know what's going on. They, they, they're trying too hard. But, mm. uh, I mean, it can all get overshadowed if the tournament proves to be one of the most spectacular tournaments we've yeah, ever really seen football-wise. Yeah. But, yeah. but to be honest, I think the ball itself looks nice. I think it looks good. I mean, the design is actually pretty silky. It's just the name is shocking. Uniforia. Uniforia. Coming to your theaters now. <laughs> Uniforia. That's in the game. <laughs> oh, you had to pull that one out there. Huh? I'm sorry to say again, it's my zesty mate. Mm. Let's talk a bit. Let's talk a bit of the teams, yeah. Obviously, you take me through the, the teams. You're the football man. Well, I mean, the, the most attractive group at the moment is. I'd say the group of death, which the is obviously with Germany, you got Portugal. France, you got Portugal, and a poor old Hungary yeah. sitting there, languishing. I mean, everyone, well, yeah. everyone's going to be a Hungary fan, surely. Sure. You got to be. But Group F is by far the, the group of death. And I mean, we spoke about it before. France, they got to be the favorites, right? I'd say, yeah. I we, mean, if their attack wasn't good enough, Karim Benzema, the legend, uh, has finally been called back up to the squad back in the squad huge huge which is huge long overdue long overdue yeah I think it's long overdue yeah Yeah, I think I mean guy with his stature with his performances with his you know uh, with his with his uh, status in in European football this guy was one of the is still one of the best strikers in the world yeah he is he is Uh, and he's been out for too long I mean Olivier Giroud uh, will not be happy. No. And rightfully so. I mean, they won the World Cup with Giroud uh, yeah. up front. Yeah. Um, Couldn't get a game for Chelsea this year after Tuchel came in, sadly. 
Yeah. Um, which is a shame because, yeah, Giroud obviously has worked amazingly and obviously Laurent Blanc loves him. Uh, Deschamps, sorry. But yeah. Well, Laurent Blanc as well. Laurent Blanc too. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, to be fair. <laughs> no, but I mean, their squad is in- incredible. I mean, Mbappe, best player, in the, one of the best players in the world, top mm. three for sure, mm. I think. Uh, Griezmann they have uh, up front um, and Benzema. And then you have Giroud, Coman on the bench. I mean, their I mean, depth, their depth in squad is just insane. Yeah, it's, it's insane. They could win it. We were talking about this before, like I said, they could win it two times over. Yeah. They could get a B team and an A team out there and they could both win it. Absolutely. So I think it's theirs to lose. If yeah. you look, purely look at the squad. Yeah. But obviously you never know what can happen, uh, in, in, especially in such a group. I mean, Portugal amazing squad as well yeah but I don't know what it is about Portugal but I always feel like no matter how good their squad is on paper they always somehow disappoint and I know they won the Euros back in 2016 in the most unconvincing fashion you could probably win it when their new format came in and they, I think they got all the way to the semis without winning a game in in in, uh, in full time in full, in, after 90 yeah. minutes exactly yeah. yeah Yeah. no I agree I agree and it's always been based around Cristiano Ronaldo always and but now it, no but it still is he's still the man obviously but, but I think that their squad depth has been as 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 they really have has. a lot more superstars. Yeah. You know, they have Bruno Fernandes, yeah. they have Ruben Diaz, player of the season in England. They have Bernardo Silva, you know, also top class. Diego Jota, yeah. uh, João Felix, ridiculous players up and down the pitch. So you know, it's not just about Cristiano Ronaldo anymore. You have multiple players. It who looks carry more, the team. It looks for once because they have usually been a team of stars. Cancelo. It actually looks like a team. Yeah. They, look, they look like a really good squad. Exactly. So they on paper at, at least. You know, we have mm. to see how they play. But uh, yeah. I think I think I would say Portugal are maybe even outsiders looking at their squad. Yeah. And you've got the Ronaldo factor. You can never discount that. that. You can never discount that. Yeah. No, I agree. Does that mean Germany don't make it out of that group for you? See, that's that's always tough. You know, Germany can have sh- really shit <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. You can never discount the Germans. Uh, but you know, they're Germans. Yeah. They, they can are. always they do are. something. They, they always come Germans. in with the Blitzreich, <laughs> and they can destroy the opposition. And they they have that pedigree, yeah. which I think is so important in tournaments and something that's quite undervalued probably you know it's not always the best team on paper that wins it it's a team with pedigree and a team with a great manager and with Jurgi Lowe he's he's you know there's a lot of you know he's going to get replaced by Hansi Flick after the tournament but he's the longest serving manager in in in, in international football now and that guy's got experience he knows how to win a tournament absolutely he, he usually gets Germany to at least a semi-final and what Germany always ha- always do well is they they play as a team right yeah. so they 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 might not have the the I mean, they still have world-class players. They have a future Ballon d'Or winner in their squad with Joshua Kimmich. I mean, yeah, we called it. We called it. We called so, it uh, on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, I mean, obviously, I think what they're lacking is uh, is a top top striker. So, obviously, they're hoping that Timo Werner is going to find his Leipzig form and not his Chelsea form. Yeah. Seeing as he had quite the unlucky season yeah. as a whole. So, uh, and I think for the rest, they're just going to be a steady team. I mean, there's no point in talking about Hungary, sadly. No, unfortunately not. I mean, uh, we mentioned him a couple times on the podcast, but Willy Orban, the centre-back from Leipzig, who's yeah. had a terrific season yeah. and who's uh, arguably one of the best players in Hungary. I mean, they're missing their top player with Sopaslai. Yeah, he got injured, sadly. But uh, Willy Orban is going to have... He might have the tournament of his life. He could do. <laughs> playing he, he really could superstars. do. There's the opportunity for him there yeah. to really seize it. Ring-a-ding-ding! What are we talking about if we're talking about Dark Horse then? Are we talking about it's coming home? Are we saying it's uh, coming I home? Would, I, would, I would put England... I mean, okay, let's talk about the England squad, right? It's the best as it's ever been since I've been alive. Wow. Big uh, as a team. Better because, than the golden generation. Yeah, because they never... They, they hated each other, As a right? team, yeah. As a team. As opposed to individuals I mean, on paper. Individuals on paper, that was insane. Well, you know, we mm. talked about it multiple times as well. Mm. Scholes, Gerard, Lampard. But I think you have this 
<clears throat> and I think you have these young players now in, in, in the form of Rashford, Mason Mount, who... Jaden Sancho. Phil Foden, yeah. uh, of course, with, you know, Harry Maguire at the back, Jack John Stones. Yeah. Exactly. And they're these young players who, who don't have this animosity against other players in the Premier League. So they're way more team, and plus, you know, they're multi-talented. I read today that Phil Foden, according not to Transfermark, but to another side, has been uh, named as most valuable player in the world. Really? At the moment, at 190 million mm. value. I mean, his rise has been phenomenal exactly. this last year. Incredible. <clears throat> He's gone from not really starting too many games at the start of the season to probably being City's most pivotal player towards the yeah. end of the season. Most consistent, at least. And I think I think you know if you if you play like Mason Mount and 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 Phil Foden in the front, of course Harry Kane, yeah. Sterling. Um, you got I mean also Sancho. You look at Champions League winners. I mean two English teams in the Champions League final. There were I think eleven English players on show just in that starting lineup alone. Exactly. Um, um, you know you got the likes of Reese James who absolutely bossed it that game. Mason Mount who had a stunning game. Um, but I mean like Phil Foden. I mean it's you're right. It's looking looking good. I think you know, the the issue lies okay. with uh, with Southgate that he doesn't want to play too defensive. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he that's needs to he needs to use his attacking capabilities because yeah. they're there. Yeah, and they're they're tro- it's trophy winning capabilities. That's, that's the thing that worries me about Southgate is I think for me the most important thing for any team in international football in international tournaments is not even necessarily the team or the squad of players, but it's the manager who's managing them. Because even, it's not necessarily the best players that are going to win it, but if you've got the best manager, then you're likely to win that tournament. Yeah. I think. And with Southgate, I'm still a little bit apprehensive as to the kind of football he wants to play. How defensive is he sometimes? I feel like sometimes he does just put his foot on the brake a bit too much. And considering the amount of firepower he's got up front, he should just let them off the leash from time to yeah. time and just destroy teams. England could blitz teams. And maybe he can see a couple of goals more than yeah. you want to. But, yeah. but, but he does seem to be attack. a defensive-minded coach yeah. in the sense that it's defence first. Maybe I'll go for a five at the back and just make sure that we don't concede first and foremost and, and hit on the break. Yeah, and, so I and think the squad of players we've got, we could, we could be more adventurous than that. Yeah, he needs to he needs to find that balance and, and, and focus on you know these these this star power which you which you guys have up front mm-hmm. and you know looking at the group with um, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland. I mean, England it's, are clear favorites there. Scotland's a grudge match. I'm so happy we got the Scots. And I'm, I'm loving. I'm gonna love to see that match. I would love to watch that game with you in an English pub or yeah, in a Scottish that, pub. That, that has, we might we might do that as well. I, if someone scores, they have to pull out the Gaza 1996 celebration. You know the one I'm talking about. No, we played Scotland in in. Uh, Euro 96 in the UK it's always going to be remembered that goal um, he lay on the ground and his teammates surrounded him I think it was Redknapp uh, who was it it was Steve McManaman and someone else and they just grabbed the water bottle and sprayed it right in his face as he was on the floor and he was just going <laughs> just lapping it up lapping it up in pure Gaza style all that glory yeah and it became it became famous I mean it was um it was a um, basically they squirted water in his mouth. It was a, a reenactment of the dentist chair drinking game that they played um, during a pre season tournament in Hong Kong. Um, and basically, the dentist he was in the dentist chair and the dentist shaved his eyebrow off whilst he was there and, uh, spray, <laughs> dentist, and sprayed, and sprayed water in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All um, right. So beautiful, brilliant. I mean, any other iconic Euro celebrations? You know, I mean, what's your if you were a player, what would be your kind of celebration? That's what I want to know. Are you the kind of like well, Al- I mean, Alan Shearer hand in the air? No, uh, looking at how flexible I am, I could probably do a couple of uh, roly polies and uh, oh, hello. Like Roy Keane with the the, the Robbie Keane. Oh, Robbie, Robbie Keane. Sorry, Robbie Keane. I'd love to see Roy Keane pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Keane would grab me by the hair. And <laughs> yeah. like, what, the, what the hell are you doing? He would. He would. No, uh, wouldn't pull out anything too funky. 
No, I think, you know, classic kiss of the ring, even though I'm not married. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> kiss like, on the imaginary ring and go like the role, you know? Maybe a little samba dance. Oh, I could do get, the samba. Get like the, chant, uh, the chain, the whole team involved. Yeah, a little of the chain. Sucking or, on the thumb, ball under your shirt, the little baby celebration. Well, that's, that's a sign for another time, you know? <laughs> No, a little samba dance. Like, I mean, yeah, I got the who's, loose lips. Oh, loose hips. <laughs> Sorry. Loose hips. So we're coming out now, people. (laughs) I got the loose hips. He's loosey goosey. Uh, Loosey goosey. (laughs) So, uh, and I think, no, I think I wouldn't have anything planned. I would just do it in in the moment. Okay. Just a classic, you know? Yeah. So we've gone a bit off topic here anyway. Yeah, sorry. So look, no, that's fine. I want to throw another potential dark horse in the ring. Uh, Italy. I was, Mm. you read my mind, James. Mm. You read my Mm. mind. Now, those Italian stallions, under Mancini, they've not lost a game of football since 2018. They're actually going into this tournament in very good form. On paper, they don't look like they're going to set the world alight. But, again, Italy know how to not concede goals. They are always very tough to break down in tournaments. They're, They're rigid. And they can score goals going forward. I mean, they, they could potentially um, have a couple of tricks up their sleeve. Yeah, and especially, I mean, these Italians. I mean, if, if, if Holland's knocked out and Italy's still in the tournament, I'm almost always for Italy. I love their passion. I mean, as a football fan, you, can, you cannot admire their passion. You cannot not admire their passion. So you cannot or you can't not? No, yeah. you can't. You can't not. Um, during the during the the what's it national anthem and you know they yeah. got a good squad like you say you know they're they're a team and they don't have they don't have these these worldies you know these these Ballon d'Or potentials in their squad at the moment but they got they still got the solid defense in Chiellini Bonucci uh, they got some them, some strong players up front in Insigne Chiesa who I think is gonna is gonna be a su- yeah. one of the surprises of the tournament mm. I think he is going to be. That's really interesting. Um, I, I want to get onto that in a sec. I want you to mention a couple of players that you think are going to really shine through in this yeah. tournament. But, um, um, no, you're right. I absolutely think you're right. And going back to the manager as well. I mean, obviously, you being a City fan, yeah, uh, you've got you know close hand experience with Mancini as a manager. Do you rate the man? No, I think he's a, I think he's an excellent manager. Mm. I mean, looking, he doesn't play Pep football or no. uh, Jurgen Klopp. Not know, too many uh, people do, to be honest. So, uh, no, so it's not the most, always the most attractive football, but it's a t- he creates a team. Mm. And you saw it, especially also, you know, when City first won the title, um, you just saw a team which, which, which wasn't, like I say, the most attractive, but it was a team. Yeah. And I think, especially with the Italian mentality, that can all come together really nicely. For sure. Isn't it funny that we're not talking about Spain as likely candidates to win this tournament? Well, I mean, Normally was, Spain always in the picture. I mean, I think Spain, they're not the firepower squad which they once used to be. But that doesn't say that they're not talented. The thing that ruined it for me, what Luis Enrico ruined it for me, is mm-hmm. that he doesn't take Sergio Ramos. Yeah. Uh, you can bring 26 people, he only takes 24, and he leaves Sergio Ramos out. Yeah, unbelievable. This is the first time that no Real Madrid player has been included in the Spain squad yeah. for an international tournament. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's unheard of, isn't it? That's unheard of. And uh, I mean, if you look at the Spanish, I mean, obviously Real Madrid, they're, they're, they've lacked their Spanish football. Yeah, and I think there's the been a few injuries that have caused that as well the, that have led to players not being able to go like Lucas Vasquez and, and others. But yeah, still, it's, uh, it's a, a sh- call, yeah, yeah sh- sh- shocking indictment. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But I mean, I think their their attack is, is mediocre with Morata, Traore, Torres, Sarabia, Moreno, Oyazabal. But I think their midfield is still top class. You know, they have Rodri, they have uh, Alcantara, Thiago. Uh, I think that Spain will not win this tournament. And I think that Luis Enrique will get 
sacked after this tournament. Ooh. Because not taking any Real Madrid players, you know that you know how political it can get in Spain. Really? Give me give me odds for Luis Enrique sacking. Uh ten to one. Ten to one. Wow. I'll take those odds to be fair. Quickly on that one, what do you think of Ukraine's chances? Because I've done a, um, a pot with uh, my football team and I happen to draw Ukraine as my team for the tournament. So okay. what are you thinking? I mean, what are my odds looking like? They're not going to win it, but, you know, can they get to maybe a cheeky quarterfinal? <clears throat> I mean, you never know. I mean, I think... I've I got mean, 10 euros on this, Vic. Fill me with hope. 10 euros? 10 euros. Well, what can you win? Every, everyone put in 10 euros, basically. And um, there's about, what is it, 24 teams? So 250 euros in the pot, 120 goes to the winner, the other 120 goes to beers, night out, you know, a good, okay. a, a good sort of sesh with the guys. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's solid. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think of my odds of claiming that 120 euros at the end of euros. Come on, it's the euros, um, it's all about an I'm upset. Afraid, but yeah, yeah, maybe. Give me some hope, mate, something, <laughs> something to latch onto. <clears throat> but their biggest star is, of course, Zinchenko. Mm. And that's Kevin De Bruyne's son. So exactly. So uh, yeah. no, I think and you know with with a bit of luck they'll they'll pass around. But then if they have to play one of these top top teams, because let's be honest, there's no top team in Group C, mm. uh, then they're gonna they're gonna get knocked out. Well, I sad. mean, but let's hope Zinchenko he might play up front because you know that's what they that's what these, <laughs> that's what these countries do, right? With the top that's what players, they resort to. Yeah. Austria put Alaba on the midfield in those <laughs> defenders. Ukraine will put Zinchenko probably in the striker position. Who knows? Yeah, um, it's desperate times. But yeah, you'd love to see it. And they have Yarmolenko. So, yeah. but I'm afraid, James, you're not you're gonna have to enjoy that night out, and that's it. Vic's tips and tricks. Vic's tips and Bit tricks. Bit of a downer this week. Great. Not going to lie. Maybe Shevchenko should go on the pitch himself. You know? Who knows? Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> get get your it. boots on. Roll your socks up, mate. Lace yeah. them up and, and, and get out there. Bang in a goal. And we have to talk about one more team at least who who, uh, who are always up there, especially the squad that they have, and it's Belgium. Uh, of course, yeah. I reckon they're... Didn't forget about Belgium. They, I mean, looking at their squad, they have to be one of the favourites. Mm. And I think Belgium's biggest weakness... At this moment, which uh, yeah, two and four years ago used to be their biggest strength, is their defense yeah. because they have a defense with Fertonga, Oliverold, getting old, eh? Formales even called up. They're practically going around in uh, little uh, uh, mobility scooters. These guys, yeah, exactly. So why you know it's 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 they need some defensive talent up there, and you know, and, and I don't know if these older guys have it have it in them to to perform. Uh, because like we say you know you need a good attack you need a good midfield but you know it all starts at the defense mm. and if your defense is lacking speed agility and where I mean you, would you want to see Vermala against Mbappe no how would that go That's yeah that's just going to be painful that yeah. would be incredible so yeah but I mean, look, the rest of their team is still top class. I think Lukaku is in the form of his life. I think he's never been in, in this good of a form. Lukaku on fire. Belgian scoring genius. Yeah, got a twenty-four inch penis. Scoring all the goals. So so Belly's you've heard. Stars. So you've heard here first. Mertens, Hazard, De Bruyne, Carrasco, I think is a class player. I mean, you name him. It's, it's, a, it's a Hollywood list of players. It's a Hollywood list. It's an know. absolute Hollywood list. So um, it's definitely, definitely, you cannot rule them out. I mean, look, one, one thing that plays uh, big in these tournaments and with players as well are superstitions. Yeah. I feel like players have weird superstitions. Are you a superstitious guy? Absolutely. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I don't are change you? my underwear for the whole tournament. You don't? So 2010 was a rough one. <laughs> 
I can imagine. The longer they go into the tournament, the, yeah, the, skiddier, the skiddier those undies are getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I love it. I just, I love reading about player superstitions, you know, and the kind of, they're so regimented and everything has to act like clockwork and they feel like if they do something differently on a match day, it's going to affect how they play. And I've got, I've got a list of some of the most, some of the weirdest superstitions that some of these players have, which I think I wanted to share with you. Yeah, a of bit. course. And I wanted to get your opinion on them. Apparently it said that Cristiano Ronaldo always steps on the pitch with his right foot first. Fairly standard, right? Yeah. Fairly basic. Jermaine Defoe revealed that uh, he has to get a short haircut before a game. He only ever seems to get injured when he has longer hair. What do you think about that? <laughs> Is that something you've experienced? That's, a, that's an expensive, expensive, expensive superstition. It I guess. is. But, I mean, they're always doing this to footballers, aren't they? They're always like getting haircuts before games. I feel yeah. like every week yeah. these guys are getting... Apparently, I've heard that what happens is a, a hairdresser will come into the changing room and do, do all of the guys in one round. A little shave. Yeah, exactly. Little what about less. Mario Gomez? Right, German. Yeah. Uh, he would only ever use a urinal on the left-hand side. <laughs> is that I taking mean, it to the extreme? or What if it's taken, the urinal on the left-hand well, side? Well, then he has to wait, right? He has to wait. He has to hold it in. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, no one's going to go number two in the urinal, so it wouldn't take too long to wait. I wouldn't put it past the Germans. No, you I mean, never This know. is a team managed by Joachim Lowe, let's yeah, be honest. The, the, the ball The sniffer. notorious finger sniffer, yeah. <laughs> Thibaut Courtois for Belgium. He touches his chin for good luck every time he is filmed singing along to his national anthem, apparently. Watch out for this. Oh, that's, that's one to watch. That's watch out for this when Belgium are on the screen. So only during the national anthem? Only during the national anthem. He will touch his chin as soon as the camera comes by him. He'll touch his chin. So keep an eye out for okay. that one. Okay, interesting. Here's one from uh, one close to heart for you. Former Ajax hero or legend, Johan Cruyff, he would slap his goalkeeper, Gerrit Balls, in the stomach every game and then he'd spit his chewing gum on the opposition's half <laughs> did you ever notice that wait can you repeat that he would slap goalkeeper hurt balls in the stomach and then he would spit his chewing gum in the opposition's half before the whistle every game during the during the Euros we're talking I feel like Euros. I feel like that's a lie yeah apparently this is coming from the Euros website by the way and Wayne Rooney would just have a bowl of Cocoa Pops Every game, bowl of cocoa pops. Oh, good old Wayne. Good old Wayne. You know, he's never changed. Good old Wayne. He's, he's never, never changed. changed. He never no. will, and he shouldn't. No. He shouldn't. No. Cocoa pops. It's so, what's uh, what's your superstition when England plays? My superstition. Is Euros. Get a pint of Carlin. Settle down. Get your shirt on, and just fucking watch it. Are you not? Are you not going to put the the cross face paint? Uh, no, 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 no. None of that. No, no. To be honest, I, I've given up on superstitions of England because I just know they're shockingly bad in tournaments anyway. So my 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 dad does have a superstition though. He says um, every time he goes to bed mid game, the team we're supporting tends to score a goal. So if he wants the team he's supporting to he score a goal, to bed. and this this emerged because in 1999 when United were playing in Champions League final, he went to bed at the 90th minute. I mean, call, call yourself a fan. Ah, call yourself a you fan. Gotta, gotta, 90th minute, he oh, said, "Oh, I'm I'm done with this. It's all over." He went to bed, scored two goals, and they won it. He didn't even see. It. He had to run down from his room. He was listening he didn't to it on see radio. The most legendary comeback. He was listening ever? to it on his radio, oh my God. and he heard the goals going on radio, and he ran down to, to downstairs to the living room, turned TV back oh on. Oh my so, God! Shocking. I give him grief for it every day. I give yeah. him grief for it every day. But um, well, maybe this is going to be the tournament where we start new superstitions. I mean, who knows? You know, these things come in the moment. Yeah, maybe maybe um, COVID test before every game could be a superstition. Swab could, up, swab could up the nose. Could be. Could a Victor be. swab up the nose for every game. That's you know, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> who wouldn't want that? <laughs> a Victor up the nose, up the down nose. the throat. <laughs> Just anywhere, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> The 
Euros is bringing together some of the best talent from the footballing world uh, into one spot. We're bringing you the best talent from the podcast world. A man who knows how to spot a player from a mile off. I don't think I know a more eagle-eyed, sniper-visioned scout than Mr. Victor Swab sitting across from me. So I want to know from you, Vic, the emerging talents, players to watch out for this tournament. Who do you think is actually going to break through? And who do you think is going to become an absolute superstar? If you were, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Kickstocks is going to be alive and well. Absolutely. Throughout uh, the tournament. You're going to be able to make your portfolio. You're going to be able to buy players. Um, who are going to be the top five players you're going to include in your portfolio for this tournament? Well, okay, I think that there's definitely going to be some surprises um, this 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 tournament, whether you know the team wins it or not. I think definitely one person to look out for is Pedri from Spain. Yeah, I think he's going to get a stellar season with Barca. I think he's going to get a chance. I think you know Spain really sees him as a new Iniesta, and um, you know he might just he might just need such a stage to to perform at. Um, oh, Andres. Oh, good old Andres. We miss, I do him, miss him. I think, like I mentioned before, but I think Federico Chiesa is going to have an amazing tournament. Yeah, um, Italy's sh- Italy star child. Yeah, he's, he's shown his class at Juve, you know, and it's tough. It's tough, especially the second half of the season where he started a lot more regularly. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, he might he might be able to take Italy by his hand, by his legs, and, you know, score a couple <laughs> of legendary goals. All right, okay. What about uh, from an obscure team? So actually, a player who I'm a big fan of is uh, Kuvalevsky from Sweden. From Sweden. But today it got, uh, yeah, it, it got out that he has COVID. He's not going. So, but he's still staying with the squad. He's just going in quarantine because they still want him. Uh, they still want him there. Obviously, he's one of their star players, oh. Sweden. Yeah. Uh, and Sweden, with you know, with they have Alexander Isak up front and Kuvalevsky. You know, mm-hmm. quite a dangerous attack, especially if you have Emil Forsberg. Yep. behind him yep. um, so I understand why he's sticking with the squad yeah. you know, unlike Donny van der Beek who got injured uh, or uh, Silesu who got COVID at, at the Dutch squad they just knock him out I mean I was wondering about that because I've seen I think I saw like another team that said they reported someone with COVID in the camp and what, what they do is they isolate everyone that they've been around recently but what I don't understand is everyone's been together throughout the preseason camp so if one person has it how have they not made contact with literally everybody in that camp and how does that not mean the whole team doesn't have to get called off I don't really understand I don't understand no and I think um, you know I think you gotta look at these one of these England youngsters or both you know Phil Foden or Mason Mount I think I think you know they're both they're both coming off a terrific season Premier League or Champions League mm. finalists, Premier League winners, you know. I'll, I'll throw another one in there. Now that Alexander Arnold's injured, I think Reese James. I think Reese James gets a starting spot for me on that in, right In way. front of Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier? Uh, in front of Kieran Trippier for sure. It depends what Southgate plays. If he plays at five at the back, you know Kyle Walker's going to play the right sided uh, of the three, on the right side of the three. Uh, and then Reese James most likely in the right wing back position. I would play him over Trippier for sure any day of the week. Uh, it gives you more attacking options going forward. It's just a more exciting player all round, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it depends on formation. But if he does get the minutes, I think he'll he'll be a standout player as well. No, so I just want to mention also Daniel Malen. I think he's an uh, he's an exquisite striker. He scored twenty seven goals for for PSV this season, all competitions. Uh, he won't be a starter, I think, not at the beginning at least, because yeah, Holland's going to play with a with a the pie and a, and a and a big man, big number nine up front with his Luke Dion Weghorst. Mm. But uh, but look out for him and I think uh, a lot of clubs are going to be interested in him this summer nice I mean that's that's what I love about these Euros and these international tournaments is there's always that opportunity I mean all the players we've listed we we sort of know about already Mm -hmm. but there's always this possibility for an absolute unknown to break onto the big international stage and just have the tournament of his life no one's heard of him 
no one knows who he is. He plays in some obscure league, like maybe, I don't know, Belgian second league or like Polish <laughs> second league or something like that, you know, Ukrainian Premier League. And all of a sudden he's an absolute superstar. Goes for millions in the summer and then you never hear about him again. Like Angelos Charisteas in 2004. Exactly like that. Exactly Top like scorer. That. <laughs> headed Greece to the, to, the, to the win. Yeah. Went to Ajax afterwards. Became an absolute nobody. Afterwards went to Feyenoord. Yeah, yeah. And failed everywhere. Just exactly. Exactly. Just like that. Because international football, I feel like the, the standard actually, funny enough, isn't as high as club football generally. No. Because you do get, you know, players that normally you wouldn't see on that bigger stage. So you do get these odd gems that, that play out their skins and have a fantastic tournament. They look they look the gravy, and then uh, they look the gravy. They look the gravy. Absolute Quick question to you: uh, How do you think uh, the best striker of all of 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 of, of this era in, uh, is going to do this Euros? Best striker of this era is going to do in the Euros? Harry Kane? No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. What did he score? Forty three, forty seven goals this season. Cristiano Ronaldo in the Bundesliga. Uh, Lewandowski yeah Lewandowski Robert 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 I think uh, he's going to do absolutely fine I, I, I don't know Lewandowski Lewandowski exactly Poland are a weird one for me I, I never rate them internationally um, no they're too focused on one player now yeah exactly and they're too one dimensional I don't think Poland are going to go on to and it's a real shame that he's Polish to be honest um, I wish he was German I don't <laughs> absolutely not or Dutch I wish he was Dutch oh, 100% yeah I wouldn't mind him being Holland yeah. uh, actually he'd be a perfect player for Holland Talking about needing a number nine, bloody hell! Imagine putting Lewandowski in that team. He would be a perfect player for every. Like the only team he pro- he might not be in the starting lineup would be France. First game, Turkey, Italy. How excited are you? Where are you going to be watching? I'm ex- extremely excited. Yeah, I, I, I still have to figure it out. Yeah. Actually, I actually really rate Turkey. I think Turkey, I, I know you do because they beat Holland. Yeah, in the build-up. So that's. Uh, I mean, not <laughs> we'll get on to Holland. We'll get on to Holland in a minute. We'll oh, save the best for last. Do we have to? But no, but I think Turkey. They're, I mean, defensively, they're 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 solid, huh? Mm. And they have the same kind of uh, spirit that Italy also shows. This true passion, fighting for your country. It's something that you see in Turkey as well. And with Burak Yilmaz, you know, he shot Lille to the to the title. In yes, Liga. yeah, man, uh, man in form, man in form, veteran. That's and, what. And I think I think Turkey also has one of the most talented defenders in the Premier League, in Suyuncu. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, for sure. great player. And um, so I think defensively they're solid, but you know they have to see. They have to see how they're going to perform against these against these top top uh, teams. I mean, this is what I love about the Euros, though. For me, there's you know, I, I feel like it's always a 50-50 chance of the favorite winning it because the Euros just has this long kind of legacy and history of just odd teams winning it, like Greece two thousand four, Denmark nineteen ninety two. I mean, Portugal two thousand Portugal two thousand sixteen. Kind of well, exactly, right? exactly, and more than the World Cup, I feel like you're you're in you're in line for an upset in yeah. the Euros, and there's always a team that comes up and surprises you. I think you're right. I think Turkey could be one of those teams that no one really expects to shine, no, but actually could do a really good job. Definitely want to watch. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I love Holland, I have to say. They're going to be my second team for the tournament, for sure. But we're not getting our hopes up, are we? No, we're absolutely not. I mean, Frank no. de Boer. Frank de Boer, yeah, we talked uh, about him a lot. We're but, talking uh, about the importance of a, of a manager on the international stage. I mean, yeah. God, I mean, it, he doesn't exactly fill you with hope and confidence, does he? No, and I, I think that the sentiment that we here have is what the players have as well. Mm. They don't, they don't. They, I, I don't feel that, that that he's a manager that the players would, you know, go through fire for mm. or fight to the death for, and that's what you need. How's he viewed in Holland? Yeah, as a as a, as a failure. I mean, he, yeah. he, and I think he's viewed like that all around the world. I mean, if he has credit anywhere, it's in Holland because of his titles at Ajax. I mean, there must have been something. 
that they hired him for? As in, they must have seen something, some sort of pedigree. No, it was pure availability. Just because he was Dutch. And he, and, was, and he happened to have some football clubs on his CV. And he happened to be available. What about, what about like, Dick Advocaat, penis uh, lawyer? No, he, he was... He could have come in. <laughs> he could have come in and done a job. He was at Finery. They were all, they were all taken. Yeah? Yeah, everyone was taken, except for Frank de Boer. He mm. was the only available option. Mm. I mean, they really wanted Peter Bosch. Uh, Peter Bosch, yeah. Who now is available, but too mm. late. Mm. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously we're going to rock it with Stegenberg in the goal, 38 years old. Yeah. Uh, what a season he's had, by the way. I mean, know? he's done all right. He's done okay. He had to fill Ananas boots. He's okay. But, you know, you're missing Virgil van Dijk. But, but yeah. I've had this conversation with many people. I mean, if there's... I think Virgil van Dijk is probably your best player in the squad. Mm. And yeah, one of the best players in the world. But if there's one position that the defenders or that Holland has the luxury of Covered. losing someone yeah, it's center their centre back because yeah, then you got De Vrij to step in and he you got De Vrij one of the best defenders in the Serie A you yeah. got the Ligt you know yeah. one of the most talented no, defenders defensively you guys are looking good yeah. defensively I think you're looking I it's do. just going forward it's, that it's, 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 it's pretty uninspiring yeah it is and you know all our hopes are on, on Memphis Depay on Eugenie mm. Van Alden what, what I can't understand is like you've got a long history of great strikers in Van Nistelrooy Bergkamp Van Basten it, the list goes on and on and on but I feel like the Netherlands hasn't had a recognised proper number nine for years now. You, you don't think Luke de Jong is up there in that list? <laughs> Luke de Jong. Luke de Jong. Luke de Jong. I mean, come on, here, Luke de Jong, we're talking about a B-Tech Bastos. And even then, Bastos, we're talking about a B-Tech. <laughs> <laughs> God knows who. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a luxury that you guys have at the moment. No, no. I mean, uh, you have this Daniel Mahler, who's, who's a PSV striker, who's, who's rising mm. up the ranks. He's played well. When he's when he's come in and he's super talented, but and uh, my housemate Marlo as well was telling me about a player who apparently is doing really well in is it Bundesliga? Weghorst. Yeah, yeah, Weghorst. He started the last two games. Is he got like twenty two oh. goals or something yeah. in last season? And he's looking like a good player. Wolfsburg. Yeah, that, that's it. That's yeah. it. Um, he is potential uh, starter. Yeah, no, he. I I reckon he's going to start over Luke de Jong, mm-hmm. which I think is weird. More makes well, <laughs> of course you uh, would. No, but 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 Weghorst, the, the 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 two games prior to the Euros against uh, Scotland and George, um, Georgia, uh, Weghorst played and he scored his first mm. goal. He's a guy who is limited in his ability, but knows how to score goals and is extremely driven on the pitch. So passionate and driven and. He will basically cry when he scores a goal. So happy. And that's what you want to see. You want to see tears. You want to see blood and that's sweat what you see. as a fan. So, winners? France. 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 It's got to be France. And I think, you know, if you were if you were doing any any type of fancy, hopefully you're doing kickstocks, of course. But... Um, then, then you got to you got to put a couple of French players in there because their attack and their midfield, uh, and Kante, who's just the perfect player for any squad, and their defense, you know, it's, it's good. They have Kimpembe, they have Varane, they have Hernandez, they have uh, Bavar with good keeper. Just every single position is solid. Solid. So uh, I'm yeah. gonna go for France outsiders. I'm gonna go for Italy slash Turkey and the true true outsider. Yeah, why not? It's I'm gonna coming, go for Holland. Holland. It's the Netherlands. Up. It's coming. Football's coming. I'm no England in there. Right, no, because okay. I think James. You know, if I believe it or not, if I don't say it out loud in the pod, then it will never happen. I'm not. I have to put it in the universe that Holland might have a chance to win. Now you know what? I back that. It's coming.